Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bick, behind the glass, Elon, Dom, and the most important contributor on the show, you, the people, on the People Show, 650, 650, into our Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, with three stores to serve you, in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. We're going to do uh, an earlier edition of Free Takes. Do that in about 20 minutes. Get those free takes in. Things that you want to tell us for free. 650, 650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. For instance, work weeks should be four-day weeks. I'll tell you that for free. We should all have three-day weekends all of the time. Wouldn't you rather work 10-hour days and have three-day weekends? I think I would. I'll tell you that for free. You can get your submissions in. 650. 650 to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Chris Faber will join us on the back half of the show. Only one to go. One game remains for the Vancouver Canucks in the 2022-23 season tomorrow night in Arizona. You'll hear it here on Sportsnet 650. Batch and Randy put the call. Puck drop 7 o'clock tomorrow. But we confirmed a couple of things last night. For instance... Elias Patterson now is a 100-point player. Can't take it away from him. He's done it. He hit triple digits. Joins a rather elite group of centers that have done it this millennium, since the year 2000. Centers that have done it. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Evgeny Malkin, Joe Thornton, Joe Sackick, Austin Matthews, Steven Stamkos, Nicholas Backstrom, Henrik Sedin, Vincent LeCalvier, Eric Stahl, Peter Forsberg, Claude Giroux. Coming into this year, that was the only guys that had done it. 100 points. Elias Pettersson, now part of that very, very select group. Obviously, there's a bunch of players that have done it, centers that have done it this year as well. Nathan McKinnon, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and now, again, Elias Pettersson. And do you notice a bit of a trend in all those names? Because this is what it's now about. It's about what is next for Elias Pettersson. And if you just kind of go through all those players there, something does stand out, a recurring trend amongst all of them. They've all done one big thing. They've all been to a cup final. Except for, you know, 75% of them have been to a cup final. The only ones that haven't, McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they're still young, Matthews, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, three of those guys are on one team. They've all been to a cup final. And now Elias Pettersson's name is on that list too. He's got work to do, and so does the entire team. But this idea of it being about points now, it's done. He's gotten to 100, and we can always call him a 100-point player. But what's next for Elias Pettersson is joining the rest of that group that have achieved something fantastic. Not all of them have won, but all of them have gotten there. And that's what's next for Elias Pettersson. We're going to get into conversations over the next couple of years about things that he's got to do and awards he can win. He's going to get some awards at some point in his career. 
But my only focus and what everyone else's focus should be, and if you read Ian McIntyre's piece today talking about Elias Pettersson, which I encourage you to go do so at sportsnet.ca, he's, his focus is on the right thing. He said, I just want to play in the playoffs, battle in the playoffs in Vancouver. I've heard stories how the town gets crazy during the playoff times, so I want to experience that. Very timely quote from Elias Pettersson as well. But that's what this is about. No longer are we going to have discussions, or should we have discussions, about points. This is like back in the day. You, you may have heard me say this on these airwaves, too. Especially during summer, I was probably doing a show with Israel Fair, because we like to talk about movies. But for me, like Tom Cruise ruined movies. Because back in the 80s, 70s, it was all about the art. And Tom Cruise arrives on the scene, looking very charismatic, very handsome guy. And then he started coming up with popcorn films. And suddenly movies really became about the box office, not chasing statues, about the dollar figures. Who, who had the biggest opening weekend? That's like chasing Art Ross trophies. And for me, now, no longer should we be diverting our eyes for entertainment like Art Ross trophies and like highlights and like points. This is all about directing the ship towards something bigger. Getting cups. Better than trophies. Getting cups are better than awards. And that's the big focus for Elias Pettersson right now. 650-650. If you want to chime in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Also with your free takes as well. We'll get to that segment in about 10 minutes. Uh, The other quote from Elias Pettersson, which was fantastic, uh, from Ian McIntyre's piece. I like being uncomfortable. Being un- I like being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think it comes with practice habits, and then it comes down to confidence. I think during games, you can't think about what you're going to do. You've just got to react and play. You can't know what's going to happen in a game, like what shots you're going to get, what scoring chances you're going to get. You're going to get the puck. You've just got to react and play fast. That comes with instincts, comes with confidence, believing in your team, and within yourself. And we were talking yesterday, if you missed Yannick Hansen's interview, first of all, he's always available at uh, 3 o'clock on Tuesdays for us on The People's Show. Also on Canuck Central on Fridays with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shaw. Always great insight. We talked to him yesterday. If you missed it, go check it out on the pod. But we'll clip one piece for you here. Just talking about practice habits and talking about when that team started to get better and started to make the move of improvement, what it felt like. And Rick Tockett, we'll get to this quote from Rick Tockett as well, but Rick Tockett has very much talked about improving the practice habits. But I want us to hear, hear from Yannick Hansen first from yesterday here on The People's Show. Exactly how we, we, we went about practices, that was how we played our games. And then this grind that the season is, it just kind of turned into a little more uh, relaxing environment because our grind was norm all of a sudden. So the way we practiced, the harder we practiced, well, the games became that much more easier to play and we were winning games easy and you're just kind of breezing through and we put together these four, five, six uh, win streaks, then you lose one or two and then you're right back doing it again. Um, So you don't get that mental fratigue of, oh, we got to win this game tomorrow because these guys are right behind us or we need to move up here. Um, It just became the norm as to how we we practiced and it carried over and, and it made the season's a little bit easier, if you will. So Yannick Hansen yesterday here on the People's Show, again, Fridays on Canuck Central as well. And I love the bit that he said, hey, it made the games easier for us. 
It's Rick Tockett's job to make the practices tough. It's Elias Pettersson's job to continue to carry that message to make the practices tough because everyone will follow in line. If he's trying to practice as hard as he can and get better himself, everyone's going to follow in line. And Rick Tockett uh, in the piece with Ian McIntyre saying, I think he realizes how much I'm a practice guy and he has to set that pace in practice. He's citing comparisons to Sidney Crosby, Bergeron in, in Boston. It's one thing that I think he understands now. He's got to be the first guy on the ice sometimes and sometimes to be able to lead our practice. That is the next level for Elias Pettersson. Again, I encourage you to go read that entire piece over at sportsnet.ca with Ian McIntyre. Uh, the free takes rolling in, 650-650. We'll get to that in about 10 minutes as well. So yeah, I think Dom's uh, concocting a free take over there. Uh, Dom, weird stories today about uh, your golf game. Oh, this, you wanted to go to this? Oh, man. I feel like I've, you set a trap. I was ready to talk NBA, and then you just spring that. No, I'm not talking about this. Stop it. Free take. Count all the strokes when you're on the course. Including other people's strokes? <laughs> Stop it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm an honest look, human with my look, golf game. Here's what I'm doing, okay? Calling I'm, me out. No, no, I'm, not, I'm actually preparing you. Because this is your forum, and you can get ahead of the story. Because I tell you right now, Reach and Josh are going to come here in an hour's time, and you're not going to be able to defend yourself. I I have the evidence on my my <laughs> iPhone. I have I have my scorecard. Yeah, your scorecard. Uh, apparently, my 105, which isn't even that impressive, <laughs> was too high for me. Even though I've never broken a hundred, so. So who won on the course today? Uh, Josh. He took it by five strokes. He, Shot 100, okay. Riccio shot 104, uh, and I shot 105. By the way, Riccio Wait, showed so up. Wait, you, so you finished third, yeah. but there was a dispute over your score? I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's really picky. That That's really nitpicky. Though. I think I could have played better if Reach wasn't 30 minutes late. Ooh. For his rate of play. Time. Yeah, exactly. Reach screwing up the rate of play, man. That's yeah. That's a faux pas right there. Absolutely. You know what I'll tell you for free? Morning golf. Very serene, very peaceful. Yeah. Sun is rising. Little birds dew. are chirping. Little dew out on the course? Oh, frozen dew. Big dew guy. Yeah. Considering Hon I don't have a dew, so I like I, I got to find the other dew. Yeah. Honey dew, mountain dew, <laughs> morning dew. Not really a mountain dew guy. Dippity dew. <laughs> I can go on. <laughs> Uh, all right, free takes in a couple of minutes here. Uh, do want to get to uh, some other things, though. Playoff picture, man. Big stakes tonight. Islanders need the one point, and they knock out the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then our playoffs are all sorted out. No dispute of who's going in or anything like that. It's just they're fighting for seeding then for the last game. Islanders just need a point. I know uh, Elliot and Jeff were talking about uh, it today on the Jeff Merrick show. Big Montembeau fans right now in Pittsburgh. Sam Montembeau can shut the door uh, against the New York Islanders. So Pittsburgh Penguins not going. And I had a friend message me, big Canucks fan obviously, but Pittsburgh and you know Sidney Crosby potentially not going to the playoffs in a playoffs that already doesn't have Alex Ovechkin. But you, you look at you know who Pittsburgh and. Do they have enough to really get over the finish line, goalie injuries and all this sort of stuff? But do they have just enough depth overall? And, you know, Fred Messenger me say, hey, is this a reflection of Rutherford and Alvin since there's not enough depth there? 
that this team with Sidney Crosby and Malkin, who played all 82 games this year, obviously Latang missed some games uh, with his condition earlier this year. But it is is it fair to question if this is a reflection of uh, Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford? I, I'll say no, because look, they also got cups. You have to deplete a lot of resources to get to this to 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 achieve what they did. It, it's an interesting question, which is why I'm bringing it up today. But ultimately, I'll say no because. They achieved. They won Stanley Cups. And there's a success has a price. And part of it is, hey, what you sacrifice to go win, but also what you sacrifice as an organization as far as assets to push yourself to get to that level. Did they have enough depth to get there this year? Well, still remains to be seen if the Islanders can officially knock them out. But they are short on depth, but I think there's an obvious reason for why they didn't make it a bit easier on themselves this year. Could it have been better? Yeah, of course, if, if you know, two players can make the difference. But to me, this is mostly on the Hextall uh, group, and certainly they're feeling the pressure as well. When you hear from the fans last night chanting, fire Hextall already. Haven't been there that long. But it hasn't been pretty in Pittsburgh, and they're going to be missing the playoffs. 650, 650. Uh, this one, big asterisk on Pedersen's so-called 100-point season. If he was on a team that was good, he would have had 75 points max. Look at Horvat. When you play a half, when you play for a half-decent team, you aren't just fed points. I'm okay with Elias Pedersen slipping down to 85, 80 points. Right, this is a big year, and I don't think he how I don't think he's going to hit 100 with a lot of regularity, but you might see it one or two more times, probably more like one. But I'm okay with him being an 85, 80 point player. And to be honest, I don't think he's been going out of his way to cheat for these 100 points either. If this was all power play fed, all right, there'd be a reason to kind of raise your eyebrows. But he's doing it five on five and phenomenally, phenomenally, phenomenally at five on five. He's got 25 assists, or sorry, 25 power play points. He's only got six goals on the power play. He's doing it shorthanded. He's got nine assists shorthanded. So Elias Patterson's not really cheating for this. That's what that's what makes this impressive. Look, you can be a detractor. Right? We all got opinions. If he's not your biggest, if you're not his biggest fan. Think you're wrong, but hey, you're entitled to your opinion. But he hasn't really been cheating for it. Uh, this one, uh, Pedia Selkie finalist for this year. This year might be a bit tough. Well, Bergeron's in for sure. His year's in. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like a Kopitar got in there as well. This year, it may be just too late to recognize it. But certainly down the road, certainly once Patrice Bergeron's gone, and one of those three spots is. Uh, not written in stone every single time. Uh, 650, 650. So what does Pedersen's contract look like? Well, it's set the cap bar for future con- contracts as well. That's uh, Janney in Surrey. I'm less concerned about the AAV on the Elias Pedersen contract as much as I am concerned about when it gets signed. And it should be this summer. Elias Pettersson's putting up a, a massive career year. Is it worth the risk for him to run it to, hey, let's see if I can put up 120? At that stage, you're, you're, you're fighting for 
you know, a hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, but is it worth the risk of having to go through eighty-two games and hit that bar all over again? I look at it and say it's a great opportunity for Elias Pettersson to just sign his deal. The big question is going to be cash flow. I think AAV will be easy to figure out, but cash flow to me is going to be the interesting bit. The way the deal is structured, AAV if it's ten point five, it's if it's twelve, I'm not that concerned. I don't mind overpaying. Half a mil, a mil at the top end of your roster. Where you get in trouble is paying a six million, paying six million dollars for a player that's two and a half million. Paying eleven point five for Elias Pettersson when he gives you ten point five production—that's not that big of a problem. Paying seven million dollars for a player that only winds up giving you three million dollar level production, two million—that's a huge issue. Because it's the depth role that takes away other opportunities for young players to step in. The, the superstars, they are going to give you value on that deal. All right, 650-650. The free takes have been flooding in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Let's get to it. Things that, you'll tell, us, free. Things that you'll tell us for free. Because I trample all over that. My bad, Elon. My bad. All right. Ben from East Van. As someone who works for 10-hour workdays a week, I couldn't imagine going back to only two days off telling that us telling that us for free. So Telling that to us for free. Yeah. So, yeah, look, uh, I'm ahead of the curve on that one. Yeah. It's not like other countries have been experimenting with it, Vic, already. You're the one who's ahead of the curve. Sure. <laughs> what do you got, Dom? Uh, Anthony Davis is making his life as an L.A. <laughs> Laker a bit more difficult. I'll tell you that for free. Did you see this last night? Oh, didn't yeah. didn't see this. The unnecessary foul on the game-tying three on Mike Connolly that was very clearly not going to go in. Well, he doesn't know it's not going to go in. Right, but like... Like he's chasing him down. Mike Connolly's in the corner, fading out of bounds. Mm-hmm. The, the likelihood of that shot being made is so low. There is no... Like, there's no reason why you should be fouling there. If you're Anthony Davis, what are you doing? Make it as tough as possible. You know what play I didn't like earlier? Because Sat is a big Lakers fan. Of so course. We, had, we had it on the side TV while we were watching the Cavs LeBron's game. inbound pass? No, no. That's no, another oh, okay, one. Okay, that one. No, the play I didn't like is LeBron had a steal and threw it up to AD. And AD got it. Fast break dunk, right? He dunked it. Two points. Cool. He never looked at LeBron. That dude did all the work for you to get an easy layup. You got to look. You got to dish it to somebody. Feed the guy. As soon as that happened, I said, that play sucks. That, that dude... He used to be the most. Un- he used to be a really unselfish player. Ad, that was just that was his thing in college. Unselfish guy. You can build an offense around him. Saw that play. Wanted to. The There's something going right on away. there. There's something going on. There. It ain't right. It's he sat right. down for yeah. LeBron's big point. Yeah. Something. Something ain't right there. But as soon as that play happened, uh, I was disgusted. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all. It's all with the little things. I'm pro defense and pro uh, team chemistry. Something's wrong when. <laughs> something's wrong in Vic, LA. Vic Dzarg, mood guy. Yeah. Elon. Tell us something for free. Seven seed Los Angeles Lakers, six seed Golden State Warriors will meet in the second round of the NBA playoffs and set up an all-time second round playoff matchup. Let's go. You tell me that for free? I'll tell you that for free. Glad I didn't have to pay for that little tidbit of knowledge. Uh, Chris and Duncan, when the sun's out, the guns should definitely be out. I'll tell you that for free. It's not warm enough. It, it's still hoodie weather. Yeah. It, we're not Toronto and, and Chicago. Elon and I were watching baseball earlier today. 
And Elon's like, oh, what's the weather like in Chicago? Everyone's out wearing tank tops. Yeah, they're wearing short sleeves. 23 degrees! In Chicago? Yeah! Oh, let's go. Right? Yeah. It's uh, 26, actually. 26. More like like sunny city. It's a windy city joke. You know what Randeep would tell you for free? It's patio season. Yeah, Randeep's a big patio guy. Historically, I've always been the first in the office to wear shorts. Because usually everyone's like, oh, yeah. 10 degrees. But Randy's always the first one on a patio. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing. I've seen you wear shorts in December, though. So Yeah. Yeah. Again, if it's like 10 degrees traditionally, yeah. recently not. Shorts. You make shorts a lifestyle the way, the way people make <laughs> Diet Coke their lifestyle. Uh, donkey, 650, 650. I appreciate what the Bruins are doing. I still hate them. I'll tell you that for free. That's allowed. That is allowed. Yeah. I mean, it's a historic season. 64 wins doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Chance to go for 65 tomorrow against Montreal on a back-to-back. 65 wins. It's just it's wrinkling my brain just thinking about it right now. I'd do rather you, not. I'd rather you, not. Do you have any more? Uh, submissions? Yes. Uh, Matt and Abby. This segment is corny as heck. I'll tell you that for free. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Every show has one like this. Can I tell you one thing for free? Corny doesn't mean bad. It just means exactly. corny. Exactly. Embrace the hate. Um... You watch Champions League today? Uh, I haven't. Can I spoil it for you? Uh, sure, go ahead. I did not expect AC Milan to perform that well against Napoli. I'll tell you that. They topple Napoli? Yeah. Interesting. What was oh, one a red nil, card? Red one card? nil, I believe. Oh, interesting. Well, good for them. Milan over Napoli. Uh, this one. Kevin and Coquitlam, Canucks will trade their first-round pick this year for a player that won't move the needle and miss the playoffs again. I'll tell you that for free, Kevin and Coquitlam. Predicting what happens with the Canucks draft pick, which now, by the way, I know everyone's – I don't know why I'm doing the update because I'm sure everyone goes to sim the lottery every single day. Uh, 3.5%. Tagathon? Yeah. (laughs) I like this one. I ain't telling you anything for free. I'll tell you that for free. You just told us that you won't tell us anything for free. For free. That just hurt my brain. Hey, spitting facts, though. Spitting facts. Uh, All right. Good good stuff. Good stuff coming to the inbox. We'll uh, maybe jump into free takes later on. Or or maybe we can coerce a free take out of Chris Faber. He's going to join us next year on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's got the dog in him, live from Abbott's Fur. Chris Faber. He's got the dog in him, live from Abbotsford. It's Faber. It's Faber. All right, you hear that music. You know the man is about to join us, Chris Faber from Canucks Army, Canucks Conversation as well. And uh, Faber, we're doing a new segment on the show called uh, Free Takes, Things That You'll Tell Us For Free. And uh, Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen says, Chris Faber is a GOAT interview. I'll tell you that for free. 
I'm just glad people enjoy AHL hockey. At least, you know, if I if I didn't have AHL interest, I'd probably be a pretty bad interview, unfortunately, for sports. But no, no, uh, unfacts yeah. only, unfacts only. That's that, that's not true at all. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends what we were talking about. If it was bad food takes or Abbotsford talk, I got you covered. That's for sure. By the end of this interview, though, uh, just just start concocting a uh, a free take for us. If it, if it's a bad food take, that's fine. But you, by the end of this, you have to tell us something for free. Uh, so we'll do that at okay. the end. Uh, but uh, let's get into it. The Abbey Canucks, again, going to the playoffs. Uh, so playoff hockey coming to the lower mainland. Uh, as far as you know, season outcomes and season predictions and things like that, uh, this is a goal materialized, I assume, for the, uh, for the Abbey Canucks? Yeah, most definitely. And I think this year is almost a little bit more impressive than last year because right. it's being done by a lot of the young guys, right? That's that's kind of the interesting thing that's popping off for this Abbotsford team this year is it's not Justin Bailey, Sheldon Rempel. It's now Nils Huglander, Danila Klimovic. Like, these guys are stepping up, and I think that's been a, a huge boost for this Abbotsford team immediately when you saw Linus Carlson come in and these young players that – weren't really proven at the AHL level and using them instead of guys like Justin Bailey, like Sheldon Rempel, the guys that are proven AHL players, these guys are stepping up and developing while they're also playing good hockey. And like you said, running into the playoffs here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the, the reason I asked for, you know, for, for goal accomplished is, you know, there was a change in philosophy, however you want to call it, that it wasn't suddenly, you know, 25 and up guys that you're relying on. It's 24 and below guys uh, relying upon and has there been growth for you throughout the course of this season that what you look like in October is different from what you look like in March yeah massively especially a couple of guys I'll give you a forward and a defenseman uh, RST Baines is the obvious one for the forward group I mean he came in as a guy who scored a ton of goals and put up a ton of points in the WHL we all know that he was the leading scorer last year in the dub better than Connor Bedard last season. Not a big deal. Uh, but the defenseman uh, Jet Wu has been, I think, like I think Baines was my kind of the apple of my eye early on in the season. But everything that Jet Wu's been doing over the past basically like four months, it's it's really impressive. Like he's finding some offense. He's becoming extremely confident with his physicality. And I think for him to finally get to that level again, I don't think that's a thing he's had since he was in the WHL when he knew he could push guys around. And whether it be from getting bigger and stronger, developing, or just simply confidence, Jet Wu's got that right now in his AHL play, and it's the perfect time because the playoffs start in seven days. So it's really promising to see these young players not only just play and get you to the playoffs, but improve and develop and all these things you want from an AHL team. You're starting to see this year, which is awesome stuff. It's been a, a fun team to cover this year for sure. For, for Jet Wu in particular, you know, the points are one thing, but it's not necessarily his game. It's more going to be about, you mentioned the physicality, and it's it's why it's always talked about of, hey, it, for defensive demon in particular, but demon in general, it takes a little bit longer, right? Because you're going to need a certain level of body type and physicality. And he's not a hulking six foot three kind of guy. Has the, has the development path matched where he kind of needs to go and is going now? Most definitely. And I think a lot of that goes out to the coaching staff and the development team. It was, it was kind of interesting actually in their last game, uh, Jeremy Calton, the head coach of the team out there, he joined uh, the play-by-play guy, Brandon Assel, uh, for, for a quick interview at the uh, intermission. I think they recorded it before the game, but he asked about Jet Wu and, and the, the strong offensive play that we've seen of late. I mean, Wu was just on a three-game goal-scoring streak for himself. Uh, it was damn impressive, but that didn't really impress Colleton, right? Like, he he knows what Wu needs to become if he is going to be an NHL player. And, yes, you know, scoring goals in the NHL is great, 
but I don't think that's what he's going to be known for if he does make it to the NHL. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what Carlton said, where he just he wants his strengths to start showing up now. I think when you when you talk about development, normally you draft a player for a reason, and you're like, okay, I like this in their game. Let's see if we can develop the rest. The interesting thing with Jet Wu is like when he made it to pro, he wasn't good at his strengths. He wasn't good at his weaknesses either, obviously, but he developed his weaknesses extremely well. And now you're at the point where you want him to develop his strengths. And it's kind of like a, a bass backwards, you know, way of developing where you're not really, you know, you're working on the weak stuff first and kind of putting the strong stuff to the side. Now it's an interesting point where he's still so young. Like, I think that's the thing with Jet Wu is like, he's younger than these, these guys that they're signing out of the NCAA. Like he was born in the year 2000, which is kind of wild. Um, so he's, you know, 23 years old. Uh, he'll be at least 23 in the summer. So for him, it's now interesting to see him come into next season and potentially be a top pairing guy. So he needs to work on still improving his weaknesses. But now it's an interesting point to say like, okay, you've spent all this time focusing on raising the rest of your game. Let's focus on like dominating what you did dominate at in junior. And I think they're at the point now with him, you know, being 22 years old where they can probably ask a little bit of that. And this was a high pedigree player in the 2018 draft. And Hopefully there's an NHL player here. I mean, the way he's been playing over the last four months, I'd say there's an NHL player there. It's just, it's difficult because this is his third season in the AHL. So if you take all of that into consideration, not sure if you have an NHL guy there, but everything he's done the last four months looks like he's trending that direction. Well, it's it's not too hard to just look aside on, on the other side of the defense and say, hey, someone else who's taken a long development path and had to apply his trade at the AHL level. And I'm sure you can lean on someone like Guillaume Brisebois for advice of having to go through this for multiple seasons in the AHL level. And again, because it's, it's a different style of player that you don't just rely on puck moving and, and point production. You can say, hey, we can sacrifice a certain level of defense if they're producing this amount of offense. It, it has to come the hard way for a Guillaume Brisebois or a Jet Wu. And I just wonder, like, the, the change in coaching staff. Like, what has that done for the, the, the players that have to rely on details in the game? Yeah, they, they've really bought in. Like, that's a perfect word to use for it, Bick. It's the, the details that you're seeing in the defensive side of the way this Abbotsford team plays. Like I've, I've said it in the past, like you, you'll see multiple periods from this team. If you watch them for a full week where they'll have four shots against three shots against, and it's like, yeah, the goaltenders look really good because what's happening in front of them is it's a very, like the AHL's weird, man. Like mm-hmm. when you watch a lot of AHL hockey, you're like, wow, there's a ton of fast breaks going back and forth between two good AHL teams. The interesting thing is seeing some defensive structure. And that's what you have from Abbotsford here. Like, Colton really pushes these guys to not let these be back and forth. You know, what does uh, Talkit call it? River hockey? Like, you know, river hockey is is very often seen in the AHL. And there's obviously times where it happens with Abbotsford and makes it pretty exciting because it's young guys scoring and it's a lot of fun. But that doesn't make Colton happy. And I could tell talking to the players after games that Colton isn't always very happy with his team. And uh, last couple of games I've been out there, it's been some of that river hockey stuff and they've cleaned it up a ton in the bounce back game. So I think when you see one of those games where it is high scoring and you want to see some structure, like when they have a bad game, they have a great bounce back. And I think a lot of that is from the coaching staff. It's very similar. The assistants, right? Like Gary Agnew has been there. He gets a lot of praise from the players, but it just seems like having that new 
new kind of fresh blood come in here who's a young coach who has probably gone through a lot in his life. I know he had to stop playing hockey due to some concussion stuff that he dealt with. He was even spending time in Sweden. That's where he had to call it there. Uh, where Carlton like became a player that evolved into a coach during the same season. So pretty interesting story. And he's got an opportunity to the NHL. So I think the players are looking at this new coach here, not necessarily the coaching staff, but just the single coach there with Carlton and thinking like, we all want to kind of grow in the organization with this guy. And he's got a really good spot with the AHL team right now, and he's got them running pretty hot. So playoffs are, like I said, one week away. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in that because they are going to host, which is exciting. You've seen the commercials on the broadcast on TV, but like they're they're hosting three games. Uh, it could end up being two if they end up winning, but what they can't do is end up lose, losing that series, right? They're a much better team than whoever else they'll be facing, uh, which still hasn't fully been determined yet, but it looks like it's going to end up being the Ontario Reign. Uh, it's going to be a fun series, but they can't lose this. They lost last year. They got swept in two games. They're hosting this one. They've got to at least get into the second round of the HL playoffs for this to be a success uh, when it comes to actual performance because there's been development, but let's see the performance now. This is the time of the year where you don't really worry about players developing the last little bit. You just want to see them show up here and take these big moments, earn these big moments, and then play well in them. While we're talking about the defense, I do want to ask about a, a player like Jack Rathbone. Like, what's the difference that you see of Jack Rathbone in Abbotsford and the difference you see of him in Vancouver? I think opportunity. Uh, he obviously gets a, a big opportunity when he's down in Abbotsford, especially with Christian Willanda not down there anymore. Like, he was power play one guy, getting all the opportunity to be a number one. And, and it's actually interesting now with Rathbone, even with Willan and not in the lineup in the AHL, Rathbone's not really that guy yet. Like Jet Wu has kind of been that guy, which is kind of wild. Like he's getting an opportunity on the second power play unit. Uh, but Jack Rathbone's not really playing top pairing. He's the second left shot defenseman on the depth chart. And he's behind Jet Wu, who's playing the left side right now uh, for Abbotsford. W with Rathbone, I think the biggest thing is he's got to be able to play consistent games. I think it's really hard with the start and stop thing that he's had to go through. Like in the past 14 months, he's been stretchered off the ice twice due to really bad hits on the boards. Like these things are really hard to fight through, but man, Jack's just, you know, he's such a great kid to kind of everything that he goes through in his life. He seems to have a smile on his face and he's just a player you want to root for. Uh, it just feels like he hasn't been able to find that consistency. And we hear players talk about this often of, how important touching the puck is. And that's kind of why a lot of people look at practice and it's like, you know, you can Allen Iverson that and say, we talk about practice, but <laughs> you know, touching the puck, making passes, taking passes, shooting it. If you're in a groove and you're finding that groove, uh, that's why players are, like find hot streaks and look so good. I think a lot of that comes from beginning the puck touches in practice. And with Rathbone, when you're missing that much practice, you're missing that many games it is really tough to find a hot streak and he just hasn't really found that uh, since kind of last season ended. Like his points are way down this year. Um, like I said, a lot of that comes from opportunity. And, uh, but it, I think it, that's the interesting thing about these playoffs here. It's he's another player who has the opportunity to step up. He was, you know, on the all rookie team last year in the AHL. He's point per game guy last year when he was in the A, if he can do that same type of thing in the playoffs, this team is going to be successful. So I think there's some pressure there, and I, I bet he's excited about what he's going to do in the AHL playoffs. Talking to Chris Faber from Canucks Army and also Canucks Conversation Pod with uh, David Quadrelli. Uh, so a couple of forwards uh, to keep an eye on. Obviously, people are very familiar with Nils Hoaglander, uh, but also Danila Klimovic. Uh, I'll pair these guys together because it's not really a question of what they can do with the puck. It's what they can do everywhere else on the ice, and, and not just about defense, but you know overall cohesive play because they 
they can do great things with the puck themselves, but can they integrate their teammates into what they're trying to do as well? How have those two guys developed over the last couple of months here? Yeah, in that regard, probably Huglander a little bit better. I think Klimovich is still a, um, I don't even want to say passenger. He's almost just like a closer, right? Like he doesn't get asked to, you know, go out there, start an inning, start the game, pitch six innings, or sure. be a relief guy doing two innings. He's out there to close and score goals. When the puck gets to him, he should shoot it. He should find the back of the net. And he's been doing that a good amount this year, right? He's got 14 goals in 64 games. The interesting thing for Klimovich, and obviously the defensive end is where you want to see improvement. He's done that a, a ton this year. He was one of the players who had one of the worst plus minus stats last year on the Abbotsford Canucks. And say what you want about plus minus. I think it's a great turnaround from Klimovich to be a negative player last year to now be in the top 50 for all of the AHL in plus minus like his defensive game has really improved nobody on the Abbotsford Canucks has a better plus minus than Danila Klimovich and a lot of that comes from the line mates that he was playing with earlier in the season Archie Baines and Chase Waters are both extremely reliable defenders in the AHL and he was playing a lot of the year with them I think a lot of the reason why he was scoring so many goals was also playing with Baines who's an incredible playmaker at that level uh but Klimovich like there is much more it's not only like, I think last year there was times where you watched him and you were like, oh, I wish there was more effort. I wish there was more kind of cohesiveness with his line mates. And it feels like this season, you're not even asking for effort. You're asking like, oh, like he's he's in the right spots now and giving effort. So you're really impressed with what he's done over a year. Uh, I think he got really comfortable staying here throughout the summer. I think that was a big thing for him. Uh, he was here in Vancouver, like he was doing a lot in the around Rogers Arena, working out in Delta, doing a lot of really positive things here close to the organization. And it's paid off because those things are starting to show on the ice, him feeling comfortable about his environment. Little things like that, I think, are really starting to add up to him just being able to focus on hockey instead of focusing on man, I, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to move across the world to a place where I don't speak the language. Like that is incredibly difficult. And I think this season's more about hockey than it is about adjusting to your surroundings. And it's really showing up. Like he's, he's really shot up this season in my thoughts of him being a like a future NHLer. This season is very good for that regard when it comes to Klimovich. A uh, handful of games left for the Abbotsford Canucks and then into the playoffs again, uh, this Friday is going to be country night and then fan appreciation night on Saturday. And I believe it's Canucks Autism Network night tonight as well uh, for the Abbotsford Canucks. And so going to the playoffs, you mentioned, hey, they, they should win a round. Uh, the expectations should be that. What's the potential of what they can do in the playoffs? Yeah, it's going to start with Ontario. They've a uh, good thing for it looks like it's going to start with Ontario. Mm. They have a chance to uh, to catch the three seed if they end up like winning out here pretty much. But I'm just going to guess they're going to play Ontario. Um, so the Ontario rain Abbotsford's been really good against them at home. Um, if they do end up hosting that, I expect them to win that series. And then it'll be interesting from there on probably playing the uh, the Colorado Eagles, I guess. And, you know, what you want to do is run into the Wranglers at the end and you're going to play them three times to finish up this season. So this should be a pretty good indication of how you stack up against the best in your division. And as the way it works in the AHL, one team's going to come out of the Atlantic, one out of the North, one out of the central, one out of the Pacific, then they'll battle for it in the uh, Calder cup finals after that. So it, you, you think the Canucks have a chance to do it. They're just going to need really their players to all step up. Like I really think it's a, anybody in the AHL can win the Calder cup. If enough players get hot, uh, a lot of that's going to be on goaltending as well. And tonight I think is a huge indication uh, I'll be out there in Abbotsford tonight to watch who the starting goaltender is because they have Spencer Martin. They have Archer Seelovs. Both have been great throughout the season. Obviously, we saw what Seelovs did at the NHL level. And with his age, 
a lot of people are probably thinking, hey, that should be the starter for the HL playoffs. But Spencer Martin has put up a little bit better numbers in his time down there. And there's a couple games where Martin's just been incredible this season. So tonight you got the Abbotsford Canucks facing off against those Calgary Wranglers. It's the only midweek game uh, for them. Then they play on Friday and Saturday. So I'm taking a lot into who starts tonight about who's going to be the starter for this team in the playoffs. And if that guy can stay hot, man, this team can go pretty far in the HL playoffs. Uh, people are getting hyped up. Mike in the Valley says, uh, I got my playoff tickets. It's going to be my first time at an Abbey game. But can you ask Faber, uh, what's his go-to food and drink at the Abbey rink? So the people want to know, Faber. Oh, it's it, you got to get the Lully's dog out there. They got, uh, it's like a foot-long hot dog on the uh, on the pretzel bun. And then I, I get the cheese one because the cheese, it shocked me. Like normally cheese hot dog, you get that yellow crap. They put the poutine <laughs> cheese on there. Oh, wow. So it's like poutine cheese, pretzel bun. And then they have their homemade uh, relish out there, which is incredible. They have like a spicy sauce that they make out there too. Lully's is the way to go out there. It's on the corner. Uh, I'll, I'll be down there at about the first intermission today, picking up mine for sure. Uh, well, Mike, hopefully that helps you. Actually, we got one more question here. Uh, uh, someone wants to know about uh, uh, Jonathan LeCaramacki. He's doing pretty well in these playoffs uh, right now for himself overseas. Yeah, good stuff. They won today uh, game six of their series, so now they are off to the Alsvenskan finals. Uh, they're going to play Moto, which I think a lot of people know of Moto when you hear about Swedish pro teams. I mean, they were one of the top uh, for a long time. They're one of those teams that's interesting that they have like a huge fan base similar to Jurgarden, which is Lekaramaki's team. These two teams are going to battle to see who can get back into the SHL. So it's huge for them. He's got seven points in his first eight games since coming back from an injury. He came back from injury probably two weeks earlier than he thought. Uh, when I talked to him about a month ago, he was really happy with his recovery. He was working out really hard in the gym and, and felt like a return was possible, uh, which kind of surprised me a little bit to hear. So, yeah, he's been really good since he came back. He's playing on the top line out there, and this is exactly what that kid needs for some confidence here into the offseason. All right, Faber, last one. Uh, you got to tell us something for free. We need a free take. Oh, all right. I'll give you a free take. And it's sort of a, I feel like it's pretty hot take after what we've seen this year from Archer Seelovs. I, I don't think Archer Seelovs is the top Vancouver Canucks prospect goaltender. I think that's, I didn't say that well, the best goalie prospect for the there Canucks. We go. yeah. I, I think it's a Koskenvo who just saw the starter from Harvard go pro. Uh, they are open for a starter to fill that role right now. And I think Aku Koskenvo at six foot five, uh, Ian Clark really liked him at development camp. There was a smile on his face working with that big lanky goaltender. Uh, I think Aku Koskenvo is actually the top goaltending prospect for the Vancouver Canucks. All right. Appreciate it, favorite man. You're the best. You betcha. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> there it is. Chris Faber from Canucks Army, Canucks Conversation Pod with a free take at the end. Dropping the mic, too. I like that one. You guys got any more free takes behind the glass there, Dom? Elon? I sure do. All right, uh, let's go. Was watching the play-in tournament yesterday, as we mm -hmm. know, in the NBA. Actually, okay, go ahead. Uh, I like the idea of having the 7 and 8 seeds have to play at least two games to get into the playoffs, and the 9 and 8 seeds having to play, uh, again, two games to get into the playoffs. This idea that the NHL can't do it because it cheapens the value of regular season, mm -hmm. uh, like, the games, is so dumb. Here's I will question, tell you though. that for free. Here's my question. So dumb. So I saw in the broadcast last night, you know, Charles was making fun of the, the games, terrible teams and all that sort of stuff. Has the novelty of the play-in tournament worn off? It's not a novelty. Look, no, no, but they're trying something new. It's still a novel idea. But... No. Do we enjoy this? Yes. Because, like, 
those were bad basketball games yesterday. Let's not pretend that they weren't good basketball games. But but the stakes were, they had stakes. Yes. But they were bad basketball games. Didn't matter. Will will there be a di- law of diminishing returns to this as the years go on? I like that they tried it. It's cool. But is the interest going to wane in these? Because this is supposed to be for for TV. More people are going to tune in for these because they're stakes. But man, that was not good basketball. And if the basketball isn't good. If the product isn't good, the stakes won't matter long term. We are so young in the infancy of this, sure. this format that we cannot judge it based off of the second uh, year and the second like set start, of games. We can start judging it. No, because it was cool last year because it's, it was fresh, but this year it's a little concerning right. that these games are very bad. So what happens tonight? We get two outstanding basketball games. Are we suddenly flipping our our thought process on the things because we watch two good basketball games? It's still seven, eight seeds. At the end of the day, like we can talk about eight stakes, but at the end of the day, it's still seven, eight seeds. Sure, but what did last night provide other than two like, one crappy basketball game, the other one was fine. The Lakers get, it was not well played basketball. No, but what did it provide? Drama. Sure, but you tell me the Penguins losing to the Blackhawks wasn't drama? It's end of season to get into the playoffs. There's drama on that. But it put eyeballs on the NBA, on an extra set of games. And that's a positive thing. And that's yeah, a, but and I, like, I'd rather give, see... Like, single-game elimination, NHL? I would be so into that. Any sports fan loves a winner-go-home yeah. game. Yeah, but look, the product still has to be good. That's the thing. Like, win or go home, okay. game seven, Stanley Cup okay. finals, That's conference fine. finals, you're getting very good teams playing at the peak. This is not very good teams. Hold on. That's fine. What does the, M- the NHL have that the NBA struggles to find? Parity. Are you telling me that the NHL would not be able to provide a better wait, product wait, wait, between... Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Did you just say the NBA has parity? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that the NHL has parity where the NBA doesn't. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm saying that the NHL would be more ready to provide solid hockey games, high-quality hockey games between 9 and 8 seeds or 9 and 10 seeds or whatever it is than the NBA does. So don't tell me that it cheapens the regular season. Why are we playing 82 games for for a one-game elimination? It's good. It's good content. Don't give me this cheapens crap. I'm not about it. It's cheaper, but it's it's also free to take from Dom. Telling us that for free. All right, we got to run. Good stuff on the show today. Good work in the inbox. A lot of good hustle out there. A lot of details in the inbox. We need to come up with a term for uh, for board textures. Wall textures and inside textures. If you get the show, you're an inside texture. If you get the inside jokes. Good stuff in the inbox. Keep them coming for Satshaw, Dan Riccio. It's overrated, underrated Wednesday coming up on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.